and be sure to access the link in this episode for access to all its giving content. Hey y'all, welcome to the first episode of It's Giving. Um, essentially this podcast is for pretty much the honest review of TV, films, TV, film, culture, and all things in between that spectrum. I'm your host, Brandon, the introvert. Y'all can call me Brandon. Brandon, Make sure you don't disrespect me, pretty much. Um, But yeah, I'm excited. Um, This is definitely going to be a journey. This is definitely just pretty much a passion child of mine, but the child only got one parent and is me. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, so we gonna, let's just start the first episode, I guess. So in this episode, we'll be reviewing Insecure season five, episode one, reunited. Okay. Oh, that that's the title episode. But yeah, reunited, reunited, reunited. Um we'll be talking about that and then throughout pretty much this season we'll be reviewing each and every episode. So I'm really looking forward to discussing, talking, sharing thoughts, all of that, reactions, all of that with y'all. Um but shit, without further ado, let's go. Um so we have the opening scene uh, where we start out with Derek, Tiffany, and Kelly driving to an uh, undisclosed location. Uh, Kelly is reacting to posts on her Instagram timeline, um, m- more so talking about Molly. Um, Tiffany and Kelly talking about how Molly's Instagram page just, I don't know, is looking funky. It's just pictures of like scenes and things and indoors and there's a picture with like half of her face in there. So it just looked like she going through it. Tiffany claims or not claims, but Tiffany just says that she wants this weekend to just be for them and doesn't want to divulge in anybody's mess and just wants to focus on just having fun. Um, as her voice fades in, we see Issa at the San Francisco airport and she's struggling to find an Uber. Um, I'm curious to see where Molly, Molly's head is at since last season and whether the talk at the, the final scene of uh, season four, what their talk was about, like, what did it lead to? What's the outcome? What's the relationship? What's the dynamic? How, like, far ahead have we gone since then? Um, and also her breakup, her breakup in uh, season four, with Andrew, I feel like that definitely affected her. He kind of just raised it in her, not raised it in her face, but just just showed her, like, you really be focusing on yourself. Like, when he's in a relationship with her, it doesn't feel like a relationship. It just feels like everything has to be on Molly's terms. Um, so I feel like she's dealing with that. And then just the, the friendship breakup with... Issa and then them talking to each other so she's I think she's reconfiguring a lot in her head um I think she's rewiring a lot of wires in her head and with that type of period it does lead you to kind of lose yourself you don't know who you are really um because trust me shit I'm feel like I'm going through the same thing um but 
yeah, I'm just curious to see where Molly's head is at. And I don't know. I like this. This is a cute introduction to the final season. Tiffany's still bougie. Kelly's still funny. Issa's still awkward. And like I said, I can't wait to see what Molly is like. So now we see Issa, you know, walking through Stanford's campus from what appears to be a 10-year reunion. Uh, Issa goes up and uh, greets, you know, most of the group. You can definitely tell, you know, there's awkward energy between Issa and Molly, especially since they're wearing the same thing, which I think speaks to, like, even though it's awkward between them, I think it still speaks to not their personalities, but I don't know, their bond, I guess. Like, they're very similar in certain ways. Like, to me, they're soul sisters. So, um, and we also found out Issa's a panelist for the blah, even though she don't know what it stands for off the top of her head. I guess we're going to get to a place where we remember it. Uh, and Kelly finds out that she's been, quote unquote, killed off by the alumni planning committee. Apparently, they thought she was dead for some reason and got a whole page dedicated to her. Um, so that's interesting. We're going to talk about that. But okay, Stanford alum, I heard that, well, not even I heard, Issa basically, Issa Ray, congra uh, congratulate, thanks Stanford for allowing them to film because they, apparently they had like a no film rule on campus and they were the first ones to film. So that's like, that just speaks to the iconicness of this show. Um, and the fact Issa's actual and the actual Stanford alum as well, like that is she's my hero. Um, but yeah, we see Issa and Molly are at least on cordial terms, not really have any antagonistic energy towards each other, um, and not trying to fight. So I guess that's progress. Molly seems to try, she's trying to change, it seems like. Um, especially after seeing her still try to adhere to her therapist's advice about just staying in the present. Even though Molly admits she don't know how, but she's willing to try. And at first I was like, well, moving forward. Um, at first I was like, okay, panelists for Issa, but after seeing she don't know the worst of her own organization, it it has me a little unsure, I'm not going to lie. But, I mean, I guess she's trying, but it had me a little shook a little bit. I'm like, girl, you don't know what the blocks stand for. Um, but, and then on to Kelly's situation, I just, I, I don't know if somebody's trying to play a sick joke on her. I don't know if somebody just don't fuck with Kelly and just killed her off, like I said, as a joke. But uh, we're going to see how that divulges. Um, but yeah, we see the East in the group just strolling through campus, seems to be going down memory lane, fake greeting people, definitely been there, done that. Um, Molly takes Kelly aside to ask for friendship advice, and Kelly tells Molly, like, don't force the relationship, just give it time. Molly don't seem to really take in that advice, but I thought it was good, some good advice, but She's just like, okay, thanks. It made it worse. I was just like, girl. But Tiffany and Derek, they're going on about this woman named BB, thirsty girl, trying to get at Derek, even though everybody else knew Tiffany and Derek were together. Um, but yeah, everybody's just going through college memories for the most part. Um, 
for this scene, I mean, honestly, it's just mainly I feel like the advice that Kelly gave Molly was really great. Focus on the now and not how long the awkward interactions will go away. Like, just be natural and be present in the moment and focus on what Issa needs at this current moment. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely agree with that advice. That fake hat, that's literally, that's my bread and butter. I'm not saying I'm fake, but when you don't know people, but you kind of know, but they know you and sometimes you just got to do that. Hey, you don't want to be rude, but at the same time, it's like, who the fuck are you? But you know, it's all love. It's all love. It's not, uh, yeah, it's all love. Um, but now we're in one of the receptions. It's cute. People having fun. Blow the whistle is on. Amy and Noby, uh, one of the executive producers and writers of head writers of the show, is back at it again with her dance and twerking flute. Uh, so that was pretty cool to see. The group runs into Cheyenne, who is an old friend of Molly, Kelly, and Issa, who used to be in a rat group with them called Trap Habits. Um, naturally, Tiffany wasn't friends with her because she was labeled as, I mean, not labeled, but she just figured she was too crazy. The three all greet each other. Trapping is a habit. Throw that nigga, something like that. But rapping the lyrics, catching up. It's cool energy all around. Everybody vibing. Um, Cheyenne, I mean, it was really, I mean, really is just about this scene, the, the, What's the word? The uh, ambiance, the vibe of the scene. I mean, it nothing really happened in this scene, but just, yeah. Uh, Cheyenne seems really fun to me and seems to bring out the fun in Issa, Molly, and Kelly. It was just funny to see Tiffany just be like, she was always too crazy for me, uh, which is typical to Kelly. I mean, Tiffany. Um Molly, Derek, and two other niggas, they just shooting the shit, talking about stinky-ass cue parties and whatnot, um, until Derek and one of the other guys leave Molly alone with this other unnamed guy to apparently not let this unnamed guy get away from Molly again. It seems like in the past, he missed out on his chance with Molly, and yeah, um, also, it's funny with them stink-ass cue parties. That was pretty funny. That was a nice comment. Um, Kelly is... Let me joke. Just joking. D9, D9. Um, Kelly is looking at a presentation for all the deceased alumni, and she's enjoying herself until she sees her own slide. And it's sobering for her to just see she can make me laugh. She had the best stinky leg. She all, and always carried a per Like... The fact these are the three things in her bio, that's that's sobering. Um, probably even more sobering seeing everyone do the stinky leg around her without any care about her death, especially if you just look to the left or the right, you can see her right there living and breathing. Um, if you really knew Kelly. Um, with this is like with this scene, I was just thinking in my head, like Molly girl, it seemed like you just need to focus on the relationship with yourself first. The nigga he, she talking to seems cool, but you just came out of a relationship. I don't know how much time has passed since the last, since season four finale, but we can assume it has to be within a year. Um, but it's like, girl, don't put all your eggs in one basket, literally and figuratively, because a nigga is just giving you attention. And we see where that ends up for you each and every time. Um and damn, I kind of felt sorry for Kelly because, I mean, we all think about 
you know, if we died, what would people have to say about us? What is what would be our impact? What do we leave behind? What are people going to say, whether it's good or bad? And to see your fake death and it's taken seriously by a lot of people and the fact that seriously is really niggas are doing a stanky leg because she had the best stanky leg and then after that just move forward um that that can unearth some shit within the psyche i feel like um makes you reevaluate your whole life and it seems like kelly is kind of scratching towards that so i hopefully we get some type of kelly development in this season because in my opinion, besides just as a character, comedic, not even as a character, but like she, her comedy is put to good use. Her timing is put to good use. Her energy is put to good use. But in terms of her development as a character, she's underused and underrated, in my opinion. And I know everybody got the same sentiments. Um, but yeah, we see Issa. I don't know if it's a bathroom or whatever, but Issa walks in, sees Mira Bitch, but it's Mira Bitch the college version of Mirror Bitch, um, the younger version, the younger Issa. Um, they both seem happy to see each other, catching up. College Issa asking all types of questions like, did we meet T-Pain yet? Do we have a man? You and Molly got a firm together. Are y'all good? Um, each of current Issa's responses seem to be letting down college. Like, literally, she started out with a uh, college Issa started out with a wide-ass grin. And each response that she was receiving, it just went down and down and down to the point where she just said, where did I go wrong? So that that was pretty funny. Um, I love this scene because I just feel like a college aside, we always and probably always will compare ourselves to our past, present, and future selves as my anxious ass does. Um, admittedly, there are times and there will be times where our past selves will be disappointed in who we are and who we're striving to be. And that's fine. We change, we ebb and flow. But honestly, I can, if I had a conversation with even 18 year old Brandon and he asking me like, just what's going on? Like not even what's going on with your, well, what's going on with your life, but you ever became a vet? You ever you're in vet school now? Um, you did this? Did you get this? Did you get that? And honestly, I've changed a lot professionally, emotionally, mentally, everything. Um, so, like, I, I would I think I would disappoint, especially 16, 17 year old Brandon. I would definitely disappoint him. But just thinking back ten years back, like so much has changed and of course it's going to change so it was kind of cool to see kind of that back and forth between present isa and then past isa um and i feel like it's also representative of the fact that we all got that past voice in our head like comparing ourselves to where we're at now whether it be good or bad it's like uh, what are we doing now like this isn't what we had planned and like you know so it, it i i really liked it i really like this scene so that awkward ass panel we're finally at the panel that isa got selected for isa's giving her speech about herself and her uh the block her uh, uh her organization event planning organ i wouldn't even that's understatement event planning but like community events community building um type of organization 
Um, and although she speaks to me, she speaks from the heart. The crowd isn't feeling her, especially compared to the previous and subsequent panelists, and especially after singing them Tupac lyrics. Um, the panel host then asked, like, when did you know that you were on the right path? Issa replies with the, she doesn't, know. I mean, you know, everybody else kind of gives their stuff, basically, like, when the check came in or when I quit my tutoring job and that's how I knew, you know, I was on the right path or whatever. Um, more so, I would argue, material markers um, of success, um, not so much within. Um, Issa replies with the, she don't, she doesn't know she's on the right path because there's no way to know that. And there's a possibility that when she wakes up tomorrow and realizes she wasted her time, that it's really time she can't really get back so that was that hit me that that hit me and made everything awkward in the audience um but it was honest to me um for me i thought Issa was just being really genuine um really real especially compared to the other panelists who just gave you know cookie cutter answers and probably experienced the same emotions that Issa is feeling right now but they just don't verbalize it um i like kind of the juxtaposition of e the crowd response to Issa and the crowd response to the other panelists because I just feel like in these type of career or quote-unquote success panels entrepreneur panels like people just want to hear basic quotes they want to it's just basic it's just very surface level to me um very PC and that's why when it comes to those type of panels like any panel um shit even like getting to know college students like when we all had to you know just listen on college students whether it be like they visit our high school or we're in college now we listen to them you know current college students or older ones in the panel like I never really gleaned a lot from those type of panels if anything I rather talk to them outside of the panel just so I can get the actual answers because there is a level of standardization that many panelists do and in some cases have to do um but to me Issa girl you did fine um the topic of choices and destiny seems to come into play with this panel like how do we know when we made the right decision in life and what if our choices just ended up being a waste of time and if that's the case then what to do now so that's some real ass shit. like when we have to make major decisions in our life we don't it, it's scary because we don't know how it's going to turn out and that's what makes them so major um the uncertainty of it all and the having to trust ourselves to weather through whatever challenges that may come up seen or unseen so and that takes a certain strength and security within oneself so that's a scary ass question to ask because i feel like you really won't find out until i honestly it either comes into fruition or you pass away honestly like you i mean it's i'm gonna keep using the word sobering because i feel like it's appropriate for a lot of the stuff that comes up in this episode but it's it's some big ass philosophical shit going on in this episode um 
So this is a debrief. Issa, after the panel, Issa meets the group and she just doesn't seem like she's feeling the best after just the low reception from everyone, from the crowd. Um, Kelly leaves for a band reunion, didn't know she was in band. And Tiffany and Derek leave for an AK event. Go ahead, first fam. Um, <laughs> Molly, Tiffany asks, you know, you want to come through because you know Molly's an AKA that called that we might talk about that later if I remember, but that AK shit were just Greeks and AKs were just pissed off about I'm like literally on the first episode we established Molly and Tiffany are sisters of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. So you're telling me by the final season People, people, honestly, I think, let me not get too deep, but I just feel like people want to find something to be mad about. Um, but anyway, they leave for an AK event. Molly decides to not go. Um, she decides to hang out with um, Issa and, you know, say, let's, you know, go for drinks. Because Molly, I, I think she's taking Kelly's advice, but she sees Issa's kind of just very out of it, just still thinking about the panel, honestly, so... Uh, she decides to go with her and just get some drinks. Um, so with this thing, like, yeah, like you can tell that Issa just needs some true supportive comfort after that panel. Putting your heart out there, especially putting your heart out there with something that you're not too sure of and just not getting the type of energy back is honestly terrifying and will leave you thinking about your entire existence. Like I said, like that philosophical questioning. Um you can tell Molly sees, realizes Issa does need a distraction and does need support. And I'm glad she decided to hang out with her because honestly, that's what she needs. Like I said, she's using Kelly's advice pretty well. Uh, she sees Issa needs help and is there for her. And the, it just takes simple stuff like that. Um, it doesn't have to be these grand gestures. Just like be aware, you know, be aware and take action. Um, and this is a huge move for her given their whole fight in season, the last season, but she's trying. So that's all that matters that she's trying. She's putting in a good effort to me. Um, so Issa Molly walking around, they stumble upon this 40th reunion session, steal some drinks. I know that's right. Molly brings up her nigga issues and really would you even call them issues? She bringing up, about the nigga that she just started talking to. Um, but she sees Issa's not feeling it. I saw Issa wasn't feeling it. Um, and quickly changes, you know, to talking about the panel. Uh, Molly tells Issa that she was really inspiring at the panel and, like, she should have took some notes. So that was very, like, that was a nice thing to say. Um, I can tell, even in this little short scene, Molly goes into her old habit of just going on and on talking about niggas and not really reading the room, not really being emotionally aware of what others around her are going through. Uh, you can tell that Issa's nowhere near the right headspace to be thinking about and talking about Molly's niggas with her. And I wouldn't even validate it as Molly's nigga. It's literally one of the niggas that she just started talking with at the reunion and she probably hasn't seen in the last decade. So... It, it's like, girl, come on. This panel just happened. Like, 
she's not in the right headspace. She's literally still thinking about what just happened, what just transpired probably less than an hour ago. Um, but yeah, I'm glad Molly, like I said, picks up on this, switches it to the panel and offers some really nice words of encouragement. And you can tell that made Issa feel a little good. She's trying. She's trying. She's trying. Um, so they, you know, they continue just continue reminiscing about the old days. Um, Issa and Molly just talk about old memories and how they met each other after a white family assumed they were athletes and Molly cussed them out. And the, apparently the way she cussed them out in such an articulate way impressed Issa and Issa knew she wanted to be friends with Molly from that day on. So that was cute hearing about that. Uh, they go on and on about how they felt like they had things figured out during their freshman year. Um, and then, you know, the panel's mentioned again. Issa just goes on and talks about how the panel reminded her where she's at and not where she's going um, instead of making her feel like a somebody. So basically, she feels she's stuck and really doesn't want to focus on the present because she's not where she needs to be or wants to be. And it didn't really invigorate her. It didn't really get her excited about the future. If anything, like she says, she feels like everything around her life is out of control. And um, I mean, and that's that's real. That's definitely real when we focus too much on the future and compare that to where we're at now. And we're, we'll always be displeased if we're comparing the future to now because it's the future. It sounds simple saying it out loud, but I think about it each and every day. It plagues me each and every day. So it's pretty cool to just see that on TV and just hear it in a, hear it in an articulate way, in a very nuanced way as well, because I really don't hear that much from Black TV sitcom, you know. Um, but anyway, yeah, she says that, and Molly can tell that she's hangry, and they end up going to eat uh, somewhere. Uh, with this scene, I mean, I feel like I said a lot. I mean, I say what I needed to say. She, I mean, she feels stuck and anxious about her future. She started a new career in her 30s, trying to make ends meet. Love life is all over the place. And it just seems like nothing is going right. And that's very, very scary when we get this weird, weird quasi- structured timeline of okay you do this from 18 to 22 you either try to hustle you go to college you try to blow up you you we really think that 18 to 22 that's like the peak time to be our best selves sometimes and after that we're just riding off the waves of the the whatever peakness that we reached and then 30 we are on another level and we're we're just upgrading and but no it's life is an individual experience it's about how you go through things um not so much not so much the things specifically the the, the accomplishments or the the markers that you reach it's really about how you go about life in general um so, I mean, it's scary. It's scary. I really feel for her as somebody that's 25. Like, it's scary. 
five more years, I'll be 30. Um, so that kind of that midpoint in my 20s, it, I'm very sensitive to these type of topics right now. So I, I'm just really grateful for this show that it's even talking about stuff like this. So, but anyway, Molly, uh, they're at this table outside. They're eating, you know. Molly asks Issa if their friendship will be okay moving forward. And Issa gives a kind of an assured head nod of a yes. Uh, they get a text from Kelly asking if they want to go to Reggae Gold with some party with Cheyenne in Oakland. And of course they're going. Um, I'm glad for this. Molly was direct with Issa because just like me, Issa, will, like I will hold in the important stuff. I will hold in all the questions um, and answer them within myself without asking the ones that I need to ask out loud. Um, and because it gets awkward and you really like I hate getting in uncomfortable situations with anyone. So I will literally just hold it in just for the sake of keeping the peace sometimes or even not even keeping the peace, but just I, I just want to avoid. So I'm glad Molly was direct with Issa in that sense and happier that Issa agreed that they'll be OK moving forward. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty cool to see. Regular girls sound kind of lit like that. In my ten-year reunion, I would like to go to a party titled Reggae Gold. It's and it gives like it gives washed a little bit. It gives a little season like, but that's okay. Like you in your thirties, you probably get any opportunity to live out. You get any opportunity to feel young again, pretty much. Um. But yeah, now that we see the girls are on the way to the club, in the car, Tiffany driving, um, Kelly is still upset. Like she's still kind of, yeah, she feels a way about what people had to say about her death. And it feels like she's not, she says she, if she feels like she's not taken seriously as a person, um, which I agree with. And she's only met, like when she said that, She's only met with more laughter from the group, except for Tiffany. And it kind of, I kind of felt for her in this case, because it's just like, Kelly's hurt, y'all. Like, it, it, yeah, Kelly's hurt. Um, Cheyenne, Alexa, go to the liquor store to avoid paying for shit at the club. I agree. Um, so they all stop at the liquor store. I, so for this, I kind of like what I think they're doing with Kelly's character development. I think they're opening up who she is as a person, what she stands for, her purpose as a character, and Kelly as a person. So I I think this is where they're going with it. So we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Um, just like, I just feel like they're examining her and her wants going deeper from Kelly just being the goofy friend. She is a whole person with feelings, and that's that's true. I feel like how I feel like she's not taken seriously by her friends or anyone else for the most part. Of course, her friends still love her, but this is probably one of the few times we've seen her and her feelings in this way and vulnerable in this way. And for them to just dash it off, like, it hurts. And you can tell she's definitely going to, she's the type to remember that shit. Um, but Tiffany going to be there for her, though. Whew. So... Now, Issa, Molly, and Cheyenne leave from the liquor store, and they get run up by some guy. 
as he's robbing him. Cheyenne just cry, <laughs> just crying, crying. And um, like he said, just doing the fucking most until the cover is blown by the stick-up guy himself. He was like, Shy, you doing too much. Shy? Turns out Cheyenne set them niggas up the whole entire time. Her and the nigga literally steal all they shit. Sands, Issa's, run over shoes, and then they drive off. Ain't shit changed, bitch. That was bad. But y'all, y'all know, y'all know. Um, that was a pretty iconic line for me. Um, even though Shanghai stole all they shit, I really still enjoy her as a character. To me, I would she's electric. They I looked it up. The actress that plays her, I believe, is on the Oval with Tyler Paris. I might have to check some, some little bit of that out. Um, I've been thinking about getting a BT Plus, so let me know if that's worth it. I really want to watch the Miss Pat show, but I feel like there's other shows that I feel like, honestly, they're just going to be categorized as a guilty pleasure, and I'm not going to take it seriously, but who cares? You know, it's entertaining. Um but anyway, I didn't guess this shit at all. It's really fucked up for her to be stealing from her friends 10 years later. But like she said, I guess everyone can get it. Um, for me, this is definitely one of, probably going to go down as Insecure's most memorable scenes ever. Because like I just feel like the emotions going from like kind of fear, then to shock, and then to humor. And then kind of shock again, but then back to humor. So, like, I, I just, I love it when scenes are able to manipulate your emotions and feelings like that. Like, I love that shit. And it's usually indicative, like, of a great scene, in my opinion. If you can get uh, any any old person watching this show or watching a scene and they're going through a whole spectrum of emotions within a minute, perfect, perfect, perfect. Um I hope she comes back. I hope Cheyenne comes back for this one for later on, but I doubt it because she stole their shit. So, <clears throat> so now we going we back in the car. Um, Kelly still upset everyone, including Tiffany, for not doing anything. Um, Issa and Molly come back to the car and tell the other two that they got robbed, and immediately break out into laughter about the whole situation. And eventually the whole group start laughing about it. Um, Kelly, she's hurt. She's hurt. She's hurt. She feels, she even felt that Tiffany didn't have her back. And I I had to watch it a couple times to really get into that scene. I realized like, oh, Tiffany was quiet. Um, she didn't do nothing wrong, wrong per se, but she didn't really... At that, like, they're, they're soul sisters. Like, Tiffany and Kelly are soul sisters in the same way Molly and Issa are soul sisters. Everyone's friends, but sometimes you have that one best friend that you're you're bonded to. So it's like, you didn't have her back. Um, and she just sat there. So, um, I mean, they're all in their 30s, though. So it's just like, girl, you a grown woman. But I, I guess, because this is one of the few times she's vulnerable. So she definitely feels away and I think she's just not feeling hurt so she's just feeling alone probably um yeah like imagine dying and the best thing about you was your stinky leg like that hurts and everybody laughing at you that hurts um 
and with Issa and Molly, honestly, it was a very cute moment when they just start burst out laughing. Like you, we thought they were well, we thought I thought they were. I don't think they were gonna cry, but I just thought they were just gonna sit in silence or just be like take us back or I don't know. I don't know what I thought, but I didn't think they were gonna bust out laughing. But when you think about their relationship and just who they are, it makes sense they would laugh. Um, traumatic shit seems to bring people together in this type of weird way, and I really feel like that kind of. I think the the little table talk they had in the last season, the little table talk they had in uh, the little scene in this episode where Molly asks if they're okay and Issa says yes. I think that cleared the foundation for a healthy friendship moving forward, but I really feel like this, the them getting, I mean, Rob, I think rekindled their friendship. Um, everything just felt fun and light after that laugh. Like, no tension, no awkward energy. Just friends. Like, I really love it. I really love that. And it segues, you can kind of hear in the background, it fades into, you just hear someone, I think, what, Tiffany or Molly talking about just the beauty of friendship and stuff like that. So you, we get that faded, fade out, I guess, fade out from the car. And then we see they're in a diner and the group is giving a memoriam to Kelly, um, a proper memoriam as if she is dead. Uh, Derek claims to have found the tree that he carved for Tiffany, even though Tiffany think he lying. Um, so yeah, they give that whole memoriam. You could tell Kelly is just very, very appreciative of it and like feel supported after that. Um, after that and the whole tree talk, that whole tree talk I wasn't really interested in, but a group of alum goes to greet the group, talking about like that party was lit. Where were y'all? And um, you know, of course, they just said we couldn't go. <laughs> One of the guys tells Molly that Amari was looking for him, um, and you know, Molly is probably gonna be thinking about that the entire fucking day. Um, but yeah, this memorial was really needed for Kelly. Like, it almost made me tear up because I also feel like. Sometimes, oh, I'm just the 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 goofy friend in the group, the lighthearted friend in the group, and I too don't really get vulnerable with my emotions, so that probably contributes to that. But sometimes, like even the goofiest, the most lighthearted, even the most serious of people, they do need they need acknowledgement, they need validation as a friend and as a person in others' lives, I guess. Um, I, I feel like the group did her wrong for not addressing the feelings um, and then just in general always treating Kelly as a joke and, like I said, not a fleshed out person. But they made up for it with this memoriam. I will say that. That was very sweet of them to do, um, even though she's well alive. But it was a symbolic death or not a symbolic death, but like a figurative death almost. So uh, a non-literal one, if you will. Um so that was cute. That was cute. It was a nice scene to watch because we all need to embrace and appreciate our friendships, especially during this ass time right now. So that was very, very, very nice to see. So that we there, I'm, I'm, I'm huffing because just thinking about Molly talking about niggas again. They're 
They left the diner. Molly wants Issa's opinion about Amari. Issa tells Molly that she used to, you know, you you she said you you used to not trip over niggas. Like you used to not be pressed. You were focused on what you needed to get done. And you knew they were always just going to be around, you know. Um, Molly says that thinking was during a time where she just feels like she's just thinking that there was a time where she felt like she had all the time in the world. And Issa counters with the fact that they do. And we just need to move forward. And um, I mean, that's true. It was revealing. I honestly was very revealing and kind of put everything in perspective to hear that Molly wasn't pressed over niggas. And for the first four whole seasons of the show, we just see her pressed over niggas. Um, and like, I always thought she was a pressed person, but to hear she used to just believe in herself and not really be pressed for the niggas. That was very, very, very shocking to me and shows how much we kind of change over time because of time. Um, and I'm glad Issa, she's just resetting uh, the tone for both of their lives and agrees with Molly to just move forward on everything and let's make the best of our lives for now. Uh, definitely, like I said before, easier said than done, but that sentiment is true. It's true. It's hard to do. If it was easy to do, everybody would be staying in the moment, especially, um, yeah, everybody would be staying in the moment if it was very easy to do, even with technology. I will argue even with technology. But now with all these, it's just more distractions almost each and every day. Technology, we're living in a, a different world, different reality, for real, like literally different reality. Um, so it's hard to stay in the present, but we have to, we really have to, or else we just, if we don't have that anchor of the present or anchor in terms of standing 10 toes down within the moment and for ourselves, then we just drift away if you don't have an anchor. So yeah, fuck these niggas, Molly, you, you, everything focus on yourself, focus on the now. Uh, Yeah. Only other side note I have, Derek kind of be annoying sometimes. He he's a little endearing, but he I sometimes I just feel like he's a just an extra character, but no shade to the actual actor, but yeah. I think it's because Tiffany and Derek's characters are literally linked to each other and we don't really get to see them outside of that. So I think it's mainly because of that, but I don't dislike the character but he can be annoying that's just my feelings uh so then we go to the next scene and we see kelly got a podcast uh titled pernice uh pernice preguntas um she's asking her listeners an existential question what legacy would they want to leave behind and then from there, we see kind of a little montage play out, and Issa gets picked up by Lawrence from the airport. Uh, Tiffany and Derek, we see them embracing that family. Like, that almost made me tear up just seeing Tiffany look at the baby, Simone, and then Tiffany looking back at her husband like, oh, that's all that, everyone. I want a family of my own. I, I just want to do that. So that was just really nice to see. Uh, and then we see Molly looking herself in the mirror, but with a seemingly a little bit more confidence, not that half face in the picture shit she was doing on Instagram. Like, I think she's really seeing herself for a long time. Um, 
but yeah, I, I just hope that Kelly uses her podcast as a vehicle and the writers use Kelly's podcast as a vehicle to drive these kind of overarching questions and I mean, feed into her development, overall development. Um, and we see Lawrence. We see Issa is with Lawrence. And we're going to talk about that. Um, Molly, like I said, she seems to have a little more confidence. And I imagine from that conversation that uh, her and Issa had, like, she's really, it's about Molly now. It's about Molly. We've seen all these other niggas. We've been with all these other niggas. But now it's about Molly. Um, so it's just, it's just cool to see the, where all of the main characters are at within their lives. Tiffany is at home mom with Derek. Molly is getting her journey on. It seems Kelly is getting some type of journey on. Issa, what is Issa doing? Oh, we about to talk about Issa. Moving on to the final scene, Lawrence is driving Issa back home from the airport. We see a full moon. I just feel like in a lot of shit, full moons are indicative of something. I don't know what a full moon, uh, maybe a new beginning. I don't know. But full moons just mean some major shit is about to happen. Um, not I'm not talking about astrological shit. I'm just talking about in shows and movies. Whenever I see a full moon, it, it's it's a device for something. Um, but he suggests, you know, a place to eat out, I believe like a Thai place or whatever, but that's not important. But he suggests a place to eat out and you could, the car is silent. Like Issa really don't even respond to him. Um, and then we move forward to literally him dropping her off and Issa pretty much after he drops off, breaks shit off with Lawrence right after that airport pickup, which was pretty cold to me. And, um, I mean, Lawrence, it seems like he's about to say something, but can't. Like, I don't know if he just feels like, yeah, but I don't know if he feels like he has nothing else to say because of Camilla and her new baby. And he knows, like, this isn't going to work out or he's choked up. I don't know. But all I know is both of them don't even talk it out. They just cut it off. Um, I mean, this situation's a lot. It's it's a lot to handle, especially given where Issa's at with life. Um, but you can tell, I mean, it breaks her to break off from him. It was a little cold pre-calculating that before that airport drop-off. Uh, I will say that. Um, acting like everything is chill or everything's, like, copacetic and... You know, copacetic, copacetic, copacetic. I feel like it was an SAT word, but y'all know what I mean. Um, I'm not opposed to the breakup, but like I say, Issa could have really been a little less cold. And I mean, maybe even say, do you want to come in? I need to talk to you about something. That in itself would have made it a little bit better, especially given their long history. But she just, ooh, that was a weak snap. Mm. There we go. Hold on. Hold on. Breaks it off with uh, Lawrence. So you could tell Lawrence is hurt. Who wouldn't be? And I mean, I feel like they should have a talk, but they don't. And in scene. So that was just 
that was pretty wild. It was a lot going on in this episode. Um, but that was pretty wild to start off the episode with her breaking shit off with Lawrence. Um, especially given from where we saw their situation was at in the last season where we knew there was going to be some static with Condoleezza having her baby, but we didn't know if they broke it off or not, but shit, I guess now they broke it off. So, which I'm kind of for, I feel like Issa needs to be by herself, similar to Molly and figure her own shit out. So in this segment, aptly named after uh, this podcast uh, is named, it's giving, like I said, um, where I will be pretty much giving literally a hundred percent opinion based score. So don't come at my door talking about, well, I agree with what you said and what makes you think you can say it. I'm just a lover of TV. I'm a lover of film. I'm a lover of storytelling. It's a opinion based. Um, so take that as you want. But anyway, I give a score. It could be anywhere between one to 10. Um, it could be uh, uh, fraction, decimal, whole number, negative. Uh, I'm trying to think of what I learned in uh, math. Imaginary numbers, real numbers. I remember there was something called imaginary numbers or it, it just wasn't an actual number, but it is a number but it's not an actual number but anyway i give something i give some type of quant um and um based on just a lot of different factors it could be just scenes entertainment factor um characters plot overall quality um even shit like cinematography in the scenes, like especially like season five and just in general, like Issa really tries to capture you into a scene by just putting just quick stills of like food or an overview of the skyline or the city. Like she'll put what she wants, she'll put what she deems is necessary to get you in, I feel like. Um, which which also contributes to the score. So I really take in a lot of stuff and a little bit, a little dash of my personal like feelings or opinion, whatever. But don't we all? We're nothing is completely objective. Um, but with this episode, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I think it was cool to see. We don't really see or hear too much about their past. I think. I mean, intentionally. I think. Uh, the show was more so focused on the present lives of these uh, women in their 30s and or late late 20s slash 30s. Um, it, I think it's more so based on not. I think I know it's based more so in the present, and I know they don't try to veer too much in the past. Like we don't see their parents as much. Like these are adult lives we're dealing with the now. Um, so it was, I, I always appreciate it when we get a little glimpse of anyone's past and I, yeah, I just love it. I, I think it adds to character. I think it adds to the character's history, backstory, how they act now, everything. So I really, really like that. I think it was an overall fun episode. I think it was pretty light, not light overall, but generally light, um, 
and I think we needed to start off like just light. I mean, this is the first episode of the final season, so we're just now getting started. And I think it was a good connector from the season four finale. We kind of get an update on everybody, but a subtle update. I don't think it was in your face. I like how we didn't see, now that I'm thinking back, I wanted to see the scene between Issa and Molly talking everything out. But honestly, I, I like I, I like how I like how the plot went, uh, to be honest. Um with Molly, we seem to be getting some type of Molly journey. I feel like it kind of low-key started with her therapist. I believe her name was Dr. Rhonda. Um, so we kind of got that. And so I'm excited to see. It seems like Molly is going to be intent on focusing on herself and hopefully moving forward, like Issa said. Uh, it seems like we're going to be focusing more on the block and Issa's professional life. It seems like she's found something that energizes her or like just gives her meaning and purpose but she's still unsure because it's such a huge pivot um from what she was doing and used to do and i mean she's still driving lift and stuff but she's still making her the, her dream job happen even though it's scary but hopefully she also pushes forward now with this stuff with Lawrence, she broke it off with Lawrence, so we're gonna see what she about to do after that is she gonna be single I doubt it, but because that's just how these shows go. Um, so I will see what happens from there. Um, Molly, I hope she stays single. Whew. Kelly, I pray the character development continues because I feel like we opened up a, 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 a can of development, I guess, for her, if you want to say that. And Tiffany, I think her biggest plot line was the postpartum depression, which was definitely, I feel like a little rushed. I was a little confused that it just, I mean, maybe things were leading up to it, but I was a little confused by that. But it seems like Tiffany and Derek are back on the original terms. And I think now we're just going to see them get acclimated to family life. Because like, it's one thing you got your nigga, you married to your nigga, but then it's another thing to have a family with the nigga, have a child have a daughter with someone so i think we're gonna see her go through the throes of that and i'm interested in seeing where we're about to see lawrence and candelise and uh, her baby and so we're getting older now where people are having babies people are i mean they're already married but people are having babies people are questioning their position in life so we're getting we're getting into some more mature ground um Cheyenne was just like fun all around it was I mean she was I think she stole a lot of the scenes like not in a bad way like she was we I am focusing on Cheyenne when she's in the scene um so I I really enjoyed her so that definitely made the episode fun and also just the fact that she was a friend from their past um and then they all of a sudden remember after she robbed them, oh, that's why we didn't hang out work. Because she's shysty. Um, but overall, I would give this a solid A minus if you want me. Like I, I did tell you I was going to give y'all quant. Um, I would say a good 93. It was a good 93. It was fresh. It was a fresh opening um, to what's going to be the final season of one of the 
best shows on TV right now. So, um, yeah, I would definitely say a solid 93. I really enjoyed the episode. I would even go as far, not one of my favorite favorites, but it's definitely one of the ones I'll probably rewatch. Um, but yeah, nine, uh, 93. So like I said, this is how these scores are going to go down each, every episode after I review an episode. Um, and yeah, let me know what y'all think. Hit me up. I'm gonna make that available soon, but let me know what y'all think. But yeah, that's what is given. And that's that. That was the first damn episode. Um, hope y'all had fun. I'm gonna keep this going. That with j- this show, obviously. Um, but. I'm really hoping this grows into something sustainable for myself, honestly, and just an outlet and just for a space to discuss and just casually talk like this is a no stakes thing. We just giving our opinion on all types of art and shit like that. So I just, yeah, I just want to, I hope that casual space for discussing things that we all love. I hope this continues. Um, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. I hope y'all enjoyed the this episode. I really did. And looking forward to the next episode with y'all. And um, thanks for tuning into this awkward ass podcast. Bye.